This is The Law School Show. Discovering the person behind the resume. Bringing you their stories and their tips on how to succeed in your legal career. Catch it all here, right now, on The Law School Show. Welcome listeners to another episode of The Law School Show. My name is Noor and I will be your host for today's episode. Our guest today is Manisha Gupta. Thank you for joining us today, Manisha. Thank you, Noor, for having me. I'm so grateful to be here. And we are very grateful to have you. So I will begin this episode by talking a little bit about Manisha's work, what she's done in the past and what she's currently doing. Manisha is an intellectual property and technology lawyer working at a multinational Canadian bank, which focuses on brand protection and enforcement. Manisha is also the owner of Mindful Lawyer Canada, a mindfulness, yoga, and meditation community. She is the vice chair of the Ontario Bar Association's Law Practice Management Section, an organization serving 16,000 lawyers, judges, and members. Manisha also serves as a director with two national legal boards, the Federation of Asian Canadian Lawyers, and the South Asian Bar Association. So, Manisha, before we get into the main part of this episode, I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about your organization, Mindful Lawyer Canada. Sounds good. I founded Mindful Lawyer Canada to connect lawyers and legal professionals with meditation, yoga, and mindfulness through technology. It's really a peer-to-peer community and network. Uh, We're committed to mindfulness training for those that are seeking well-being, community, and support. And we really seek to improve access, community, and care for legal professionals experiencing mental health and addiction challenges. What a lot of people find from joining MLC is greater efficiency. Uh, efficiency and productivity, and also greater emotional resilience and self-awareness. That sounds like a great initiative. Thank you. I wish when I was in law school, I had been more aware of meditation and uh, seeking these types of communities. And I remember when I went through different issues, whether they were having moments of stress and anxiety closer to exams, uh, feeling nervous about my future, I I didn't really have a place where I could uh, seek and rely on my peers for support. Um, so I really thought that the Mindful Lawyer Initiative uh, was not only timely during this pandemic, it's a period of isolation and people are seeking human connection, compassion and community, but it's really an organization that's for everyone. So if you're a law student or an articling student or a law clerk or a lawyer, uh, this community is really open to everyone to meet and laugh and bond together. That's amazing, Manisha. You know, I believe in such a fast paced field uh, like the legal field, we all need something to just be able to take a step back. Um, something to just ground us, right? Something where we can just stop and relax, you know, not constantly be running around. And I think yoga and meditation are, those are both um, an excellent way to do this, to achieve this. Thank you. 
In today's episode, we will be discussing diversity, inclusion, mentorship, and you know, just taking some um, some of Manisha's excellent life lessons and how you know she used these in her in her years, you know, within law school, following law school, within within the legal field, working as a lawyer. I highly do believe that one of our greatest assets in life is our identity, and this is partly based on the diverse experience we each have as a result of our background, origin, ethnicity. So on this topic, Manisha, I have some questions I'd like for us to explore, and I'd like to begin with your journey in law school, and we can later expand into the advancement of your career. So as a South Asian woman, you know, as a, as a lawyer, um, as a former law student, what was your experience like? I really enjoyed my law school journey, and it was an amazing chapter in my life. I have no complaints or regrets. When I was in law school, it was a very mixed community and reflected my upbringing. I grew up in Toronto, Ontario, in a mixed racial community. Uh, My law school was similar to that. So I didn't face any types of racial or ethnic issues while in school. However, I was equally enthusiastic about uh, joining different student clubs. I got involved as an executive with our law school's South Asian Law Students Association. I also helped to organize the Wendy Babcock Drag Show. Uh, Wendy Babcock was a former student at Osgoode, and she advocated for trans rights, uh, child welfare reform, mental health, and ending violence against women. I would I would really recommend uh, seeking out different mentors through your law school. Uh, while I was uh, a student, I connected with my school's alumni network for a mentor and also our women's network. And I also connected with the larger legal community with organizations that I, I now serve uh, more heavily on. And I really uh, loved contributing to those organizations. And what you'll find when you reach out is that uh, our broader legal organizations need student voices. Right. And student voices from diverse fields and, you know, different backgrounds. That's that's very true. I agree with that. So, Nisha, how did those lessons of yours, how did those lessons sort of transfer into your into your career becoming a lawyer? My experiences, I would say that I wanted to become a lawyer because I felt like it was my calling. And definitely all of my experiences culminated into becoming a lawyer. I always had community service at the heart of everything I do. I was always involved in the community. And I I just enjoyed meeting people and bringing people together. Um, so that's really how Um, my experiences impacted my choices and um, wanting to become a lawyer and wanting to help people as well. Right. And I can see that, you know, you're involved in so many different organizations. You you went out there (laughs) and you began your own. That's amazing. You know, that takes a lot of courage. And so just backtracking a little bit, when did Mindful Lawyer Canada begin? When did you start that organization? Well, it was conceived in my mind <laughs> when I was a law student. And I found myself, you know, going from being in 1L to going through articling. And then as a lawyer, always feeling like I needed to put myself first or engage in self-care 
but that was the first thing to go out the window if there was a law exam or a deliverable at work. And so I started Mindful Lawyer Canada in April 2020. They say that mother is the, uh, sorry, in uh, necessity is the mother of all invention. <laughs> and I really felt during the pandemic uh, that it was important right. to create a community uh, for legal professionals to bond, laugh and um, have fun together. I feel that this pandemic is a time of uh, constant stimulus, human and technology stimulus. And I feel that my community allows people to detox and step away from screens and devices and just connect with people on a human level and bond with people uh, across the legal profession as equals and really get to know each other. So I think that uh, while I started the community in April 2020, it really kicked off and it really became, uh, it, it grew through its organic following uh, just by people seeing the need for mindfulness and mental health awareness. Right, that's true. Just being able to be in the present and, you know, not looking too forward in the future and looking back in the past, being present and being mindful. I feel like it's very important, like I said in a fast-paced environment, or even just now, like during the pandemic, right? So I noticed that you're also part of the Federation of Asian Canadian Lawyers and South Asian Bar Association. If you could just tell us a little bit more about your involvement in those clubs and those organizations. Yes, sounds good. So I uh, am the mentorship chair and board director for the Federation of Asian Canadian Lawyers, quite a mouthful, we call it FACL. And I'm also a board director for the South Asian Bar Association of Toronto, SABA. And SABA actually has different chapters um, across the U.S. and of ca in Canada. And FACL also has different chapters uh, across the nation. What I love about both organizations is that they're very active in the legal community. They love taking in students and involving law students in their initiatives. Uh, I know that FACL has, uh, I'm going to do a plug for FACL, it has two uh, amazing initiatives right now. The first is a November 16 law school speed networking event, and it's virtual, um, it's going to be amazing. Uh, we also have an online mentorship program that connects junior members of the bar and law students with senior members of the bar for a one-year online mentorship program. And the committee itself is there to ensure that the quality of mentorship is high. It's ongoing, engaging, and uh, mentees and mentors are able to get the most out of it during this unprecedented um, time that's making uh, human contact more and more impersonal. Right. That's very interesting. And, you know, on the topic of mentorship, you know, is there anything, any advice or experience you would like to share with our listeners? Yes, I think mentor understanding mentorship has been a journey for me, uh, both from my role in the legal community and also through my own experiences. Uh, the first is, I know, Noor, we discussed this earlier, but often people seek out one mentor. And I would right. encourage people uh, to look beyond and 
connect with people at an organic level and um, ask them for advice based on their vantage points. I'll give you an example. Every time I've been paired with a formal mentor, they just have not been, you know, my own cup of tea. And I've found myself seeking out uh, mentorship or mentorship organically growing from a human connection with a different lawyer. So always look at yourself and look at who you are as an individual and maybe who can or cannot identify with you. For example, I'm a woman, I'm a South Asian, I love yoga and mindfulness. Um, Some of my mentors have reflected that journey. And some of my biggest champions have been so far on the opposite side of the spectrum of identity. So you never know who who you're going to connect with. Keep your mind open. uh, Keep all the cards uh, open. And a, a second learning I had about mentorship is just because someone is um, a few years out ahead of you or they're, they've been practicing for 20 years, don't put them on an immediate pre- uh, pedestal or take stock in all of their opinions. Everyone provides advice, um, assuming from, you know, a good, uh, uh, from a good heart and from a good place. But it also is a direct reflection of their lived experiences. And it may not be true for everyone. So taking uh, mentorship advice with a grain of salt and not readily capping, you know, each uh, senior member of the bar you meet as a mentor, because one, not only does that seem kind of disingenuous, but it also creates confusion in your mind when you're seeking the necessary validation, approval, and perspective of a mentor. So be careful about who you make uh, a mentor in your life, because that is a special place. To be Noor's mentor is a special place in Noor's life, and it has to be someone who is going to eventually you know, champion you and guide you and have your best interests at heart. And that also goes back to why it's dangerous to only have one mentor, because you might go through unique parts of your journey, and different people um, may become advisors and um, be there to support you. um, Because they've, they've gone through that. So be open to different people and also be open to um, being mindful about who you connect with as a mentor. Right. So you, Manisha, you mentioned compatibility. That's a very important thing, being compatible with your mentor. And I personally actually have experienced that where you reach out to someone or an organization pairs you with someone and it just doesn't seem to fit. No, you try, but it just doesn't fit. So like you, you know, the second point you made was reaching out to different mentors and taking different pieces of advice and sort of creating your own quilt and following that, adding your own, you know, perspective, your own experience into that. I I agree with that. It's very important to have. Yes. And it really folds in well into my next uh, learning, which is owning your career and having an ownership mentality. You know, never let one person's opinion or one firm's opinion bring you down. Uh, you know, we're being trained to become lawyers when we're in law school. And you have you have a position of privilege, uh, advantage and empowerment. So move into spaces in an empowered way. And what that really means is understanding 
who you are as a person, how you think, how you feel and what you want in different situations. I I feel that I felt when I was in law school that I I attached all of my value to the OCI process. And I felt like there was always a sense of <laughs> comparing and there was this hierarchy of wanting to land on Bay Street and uh, work in a large firm. But what was really important during law school was getting to have more experiences where I could learn what I want and what I wanted to do. Um, so I would highly encourage uh, moving through spaces especially during this time where a lot of people feel lost, confused, and rightfully uncertain. I'm trying to seek out opportunities that will help you learn more about you and discover yourself. And I think if you keep putting in time to discover yourself, either by connecting and networking or by seeking out opportunities to volunteer or to join clinics or to write articles. Um, I know we talked about that earlier too. Uh, you're going to lead yeah. to more self-discovery. It's going to give you clarity and it's going to help you determine your self-worth rather than people or employers coming into your life and determining what your worth is. Yeah, that's a great point, Manisha. And essentially, you know, as we discussed earlier, it's using your diversity and your uniqueness, your experience as your strength, empowering yourself and sort of paving your own path. And if you could just tell us a little bit about uh, paving your own path and, you know, using those experiences, those like your own identity, your strength. Absolutely. You know, I think the biggest takeaway I can give anyone, if you uh, learn one thing today, learn this. I think we have a lot of self-sabotaging thoughts, thoughts that beat us up rather than build us up. I know from taking on my own mentees, I can't tell you how many people start off conversations where they tell me about themselves, you know, that interview question, tell me about yourself. And as soon as they're comfortable with me, those the first words that roll out roll off of their tongue is, oh, I don't think I'll be hired because I didn't go to this law school, I didn't go to a Canadian law school, or I don't speak English well, or I I got a D in tax law when I was in school, or um, I don't have the strongest resume for a securities uh, boutique. And so I always think if you have an ownership mentality, you become forward thinking and solution oriented. So I think my biggest uh, takeaway is move away from worry, stress, and anxiety. Definitely feel it because we all feel those those moments of just crushing and crippling, overwhelming stress and anxiety, but also be productive and move into what's my plan? I'm going to have a plan of A, B, and C. I'm going to try to show a demonstrated interest to this law firm by writing an article saying I'm going to take a course, attending a free uh, event on this topic. So when you're talking about yourself, uh, you know, really be your own champion. And when you believe in yourself and you're confident, you know, that I think this all uh, is rooted in my journey, being myself, being confident and speaking in a proactive way, people are going to want to work with you. People want to work with happy people 
who are positive. And so I think the biggest uh, takeaway I can give is it all starts within. You got to um, have more confidence. And if you're not there, you got to make a plan of how you're going to get there and be open to amazing opportunities beyond your imagination that might disrupt your own plan and make you revisit it. Right. And just to add to that, Manisha, I know we also discussed this earlier, surrounding yourself with the right people, with positive, like-minded people who fan your flames, who empower you, who cheer you on. I feel like that's very important, you know, and and not only in the legal field, in any aspect of your life. Absolutely. I I would say that my my whole career was Uh, really not due to me, but because of the support system I had in my life. And some of my best advisors are not uh, even people in law. They're people in my own family or my parents who really know nothing about law, but they know a lot about life, (laughs) you know? Yeah, no, that's true. (laughs) Uh, So I, I think you bring up a very important point because it's important to choose wisely And sometimes we find ourselves in different points in life, living out our habitual thinking. You know, you you attract people in situations that you think you deserve until you stop choosing to choosing those people and situations and feeling differently about yourself and how this relates to being a law student and, uh, you know, navigating the legal profession is the importance of um, moving through spaces and choosing mentors and people you want to engage with who are uplifting, encouraging, and empowering. And I'm not saying that this is a case for or against uh, you know, joining a diverse legal organization, but a lot of the organizations uh, out there that are composed of uh, different legal professionals are people who want to put themselves out there and help each other. Uh, So I think it's really important to uh, engage uh, with a community. And if you don't have a support system, I know that's really hard. It's important to, again, like I said, be proactive and create one. Make people around you um, really want to be in a room and, and champion your name and give you opportunities. Yeah, I I agree. And Manisha, you know, transitioning to the point of having expectations for yourself, you know, first to begin with, we have societal expectations, we have cultural expectations, familial expectations. And I think like you mentioned, self-sabotage, like having self-expectations, you know, what kind of lawyer will I be? What field will I end up in? Where will I be in five years? You know, will I land the articling position? Will I you know, work my dream job. And so what 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 tips and what advice could you give us on destructing these expectations and living just within the present rather than focusing on the past or the future? I'm often asked the this one question, which is what is my biggest accomplishment, whether it's on a podcast or an interview or in a in a in a speech. And uh, how I always answer it is my biggest accomplishment is unlearning what I learned. I feel that as women and people of South Asian descent and in in law school, we're conditioned in this kind of toxic marinade of who, who a person is supposed to be and how they're supposed to move through a space. And I think when you really become uh, empowered and confident and have a voice, 
um, by undergoing injustices, you learn your space and you start to lose people and situations in your life that were there before because you've now spoken out. So I think that the biggest, uh, the biggest learning for me has been to really learn who I am. And that's been a long journey. It's, I'm not who I was a year ago. Mm -hmm. I'm not who I was six months ago. Uh, With every experience, I'm, I'm bringing myself closer and closer to a better state of being right. and you know when you really take care of yourself you bring yourself closer to people who feel the same way about you that you feel about yourself everything in life is a mirror i think that the biggest uh takeaway i would i would say is don't give up mm-hmm. you know you're going to have so many moments as a law student as a lawyer, uh, as a junior, mid-year and senior lawyer, where you're going to want to give up and leave law or question yourself and say, why am I here? Do I even belong here? What am I doing? I don't even know what I don't even know what I'm doing or what I want. I'm more lost. I I did this degree and I'm more lost and confused than ever. And my biggest thing to that person would be don't give up, persevere and keep discovering yourself, put on that ownership mentality and that discovery mentality and use every experience as one that's going to bring you closer to uh, opportunities that are aligned with you. Um, You know, I think maybe we we have this mentality that's almost entitled and we think we're just going to know or get there. But I can't tell you how many times I I didn't know the answer. I didn't know what type of law I wanted to practice. I felt like everyone knew and was confidently foraging uh, forward towards the career of their dreams. And I really didn't know and I felt lost. But it was uh, grounding myself in community, in self-reflection, both on what kinds of experiences have I enjoyed in the past, Um, finding a good group of mentors and, um, you know, volunteering. And all of those experiences have helped me figure it out along the way. And I'm here to tell people that I'm still figuring it out. So don't give up because the law needs you. People need you. So keep persevering because you have a unique gift to give when you graduate with this degree. You have amazing things that you are going to do in this world with your degree and it's okay to not know what that is yet it's okay to not know what that is yet that that's a phrase i feel like a law student a lawyer you know anyone should just you know sort of ingrain that into their minds because you're right you know like again like i was saying expectations and you know what you were talking about the burnout the passion fatigue it comes from not knowing what we want to do it comes from being thrown into a system that expects us to be molded in a certain way but then it goes back to what you were saying paving your own path and you know you said you talked about mentorship you talked about finding different opportunities you talked about self-worth and you know you talked about finding things that resonate with you absolutely and you know i think the most crushing uh moment I had in my legal career was when I was articling. And I realized myself when I was articling that I didn't think I I wanted to be uh, there for the rest of my life. And 
I think that would be a big takeaway if you're a law student is be open to how different experiences shape your life and the opportunities ahead because no situation or person defines you. It's really about you figuring out for yourself whether a, an organization or a person is uh, worth your energy. And while I really enjoyed articling, I I realized that I don't think that, you know, being a, a, a big law partner on Bay Street is what's going to make me really happy. So I, I would really encourage people to be open minded about where their journey can take them. And every time they feel anxiety or stress um, or depression, as you may during uh, different times, keep coming back to those feelings. Uh, create a plan and get excited about yourself, you know, dwell in those feelings and then say, I'm going to pick myself back up. Because as a legal professionals, I think the law attracts overachieving people who measure okay. success through milestones and checkboxes. But your greatest success and going back to answering your question, Nora, what's been, you know, the biggest uh, accomplishment? It's been how many times I've picked myself back up and believed in myself when I had right. no one else in the ring uh, rooting for me. So I I hope that resonates with some people. <laughs> I'm sure it will. Yeah. You know, your, your individuality, taking that as your own like superpower um, and just adding on to that, like paving your own path. And these are no, these are great. These are important lessons for everyone to learn, not only in the legal field. Absolutely. And I also feel that, uh, you know, going back to my example of mentees uh, seeking me out and l telling me about themselves, if you take your I think the I think the common thread, the common denominator in all of the stories I hear is people feeling bad about a flaw in their resume or in their grades or in their past. And I always say, own your story. The lawyers we are seeking in this coming this coming age, given everything that's happened in this world, this awakening, are people who have emotional intelligence and know their blind spots and say, hey, I went through right. that failure or hey, I did I did X or Y or Z, but this is how I came out of it or this is how I improve myself, or this is what it taught me. And here's what I did about it. That means more and that shows more maturity and uh, intelligence than dwelling and, uh, and being sorry, both in your tone and in your uh, self narrative um, about what experiences are to you. So that's why I always say be be mindful and look within and own your experiences and wear them with pride. That's that's amazing, Manisha. Thank you so much. You've given us a lot of, you know, advice for law students, for lawyers, and just anybody beyond that scope, you know, it's important to pave your own path. It's important to take the lessons and it's an ongoing process. It's a never ending process. We think of like, okay, when I get there, I'll accomplish this and I'll I'll be okay. And it's just like a checking the boxes, constantly running, but just stopping and being present and, you know, being mindful, like you said, I, it's very, very, very essential. 
Yes. Thank you, Noor, for having me. And I know that you are going to do amazing. It's uh, really great that you're involved with this law podcast. I think that's so cool. And I wish you all the best and all the success, uh, both with the podcast and in your legal career. Thank you so much. You've just been listening to The Law School Show. You can find more episodes on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and now on Spotify, or on our website at thelawschoolshow.com. If you liked what you heard, like us again on Facebook, or follow us on Twitter for the latest updates. Human stories, new legal topics, and career-advancing advice right to your earbuds. Catch it all here, next time, on The Law School Show.